that's a lot of ambient noise. <laughs> but that's is it all right. Too much? I like it. No, okay. no, I think it's good. I think it's awesome. <laughs> if you can fight through it, <laughs> this is perfect. I just want to say I love Pat Barrett. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> Jason Upton sharing his love. Welcome back to the Zeitcast, everybody. I'm so excited today that I am with my friend Pat Barrett. Oh, yeah. Who is a legend. Really, you are a legend. A legend. You are a legend. You really are. Like one of the great worship leaders of our time, in my opinion. Uh, most famous, of course, for writing Good Good Father, but he's done a lot of things. Of course, you were worship pastor at Grace Midtown when I first got to know you. Yeah. And uh, of course, there was house fires. Now you're doing a solo thing, but Pat really is one of my um, is one of the people who most leads me into the presence of God. And part of what I love about you, which not that we have to dive into the deep end too quickly, but I feel like what you're doing is like it's so theologically informed and it's smart, but it's accessible, and there are these on ramps, and I just feel like. There, I just like there's such a brewing revolution right now in terms of how think, people think about the character of God. And that, to me, is like all oh, yeah. over your music in a way that's just, that's, that's so beautiful. Well, that's, that's really kind. Thank you, man. Well, that's, that's like, true. I'm like, keep going. Yeah, I, okay. I have, I have plenty to say about you. that, actually. <laughs> follow I really do. Say that. <laughs> no, like, I, I think when I, when I think about music for me and the way I found writing to be such a gift for my for like for my own life it's because I grew up in the church dad's a pastor so live music and and like emotional expression all happened in that setting like the most mm. live music I ever heard was in our small church in Atlanta growing up mm. and the I don't think I knew it at the time but looking back on it still like the sound of worship to me is like the human voice mm. And I don't know, it's not only that, of course, but yeah. it was such like a marking, a marking time for me. And I always, um, I always felt permission from my dad, first off, to, to feel what I feel in yeah. the moment that I'm in. Yeah. He was like so great. You could be talking to my dad and he's just interesting conversation. Then he gets inspired by something you says, then he'll start weeping mm -hmm. and, you, and the conversation's mm -hmm. over. Cause he's like so given to the moment, mm -hmm. which is always like, I just thought that was a really brave thing yes. to see and experience. Yes. And um, with him growing up, no topic was ever off limits. And mm. like, dad, what do you think about this? Like I grew up around the scriptures too. So I, I mean, I had more questions than anything, but he was always up for a chat and, mm. and I, I think now I'm saying all that because right now feels like the songs that are coming out of me were songs that that helped me foster connection again yeah. as my life was changing it started to look a little bit like um, I don't like I didn't recognize certain parts I'm, I'm in a different life stage than I was when I'm 18 I have three kids someone help no sleeping relating to my own life in a different way and I didn't have like language for it so mm. songs for me but we're always like first and foremost like that like I need like another point of connection again because I don't even know what I feel sure so I have like all the history with my dad being like well you just sing it mm -hmm. sing it and feel it and say it and see what see what's left mm. and, and pick it up so it's That's amazing that it's connecting outside of that mm. can help other people do the same thing that's like yes. mind-blowing mm. It's a, well, that's so my experience as a writer is I did like personally how I say that he writes to figure out what he believes. I mean, that's so true for me. I often feel like it's in that creative. I don't know what I think oftentimes until I'm writing in that way. Um, so in terms of being such a product of the church, then I mean, like was 
what what was kind of your earliest experience consciously of the presence of God? Like, we're, gosh, I've actually never even been asked that. Hmm. Um, I would say, I mean, I actually remember for the first time, this is probably what has helped my, or at least informed my writing too. I remember the first time I heard someone preached from the message mm. translation when yeah. I was in high school. Scandalous. Scandalous. How dare you? <laughs> um, it's a translation. <laughs> I don't know if it is. It's a paraphrase. It's a transit. I'll argue over the internet about it. Let me know where you land. Um, so, but what I, what I heard for the first time was things I'd heard all my life, but finally in my dialect, in my language. Yeah. And all of a sudden, really old ideas came to life in a new way because I finally understood it. Mm. And like you said, you used the word on-ramp. I had an on-ramp to things that I'd lived with my whole life but didn't have the language to help, um, I don't know, foster the root system to grow what could be grown at the time. Mm -hmm. And I just remember hearing like an old idea, an ancient idea in language I could understand. And I... Talk about it like the book of Acts where everyone's yeah. like, they're, they're preaching the wonders of God in our own tongue. Like mm -hmm. I was hearing it in my own language again. Mm -hmm. And so I remember it was weird. It was like, it was in worship services. I had felt it, but I also had heard it in language where I was yeah. like, you just said something, but what I'm feeling is more than what you said. What is that? And I don't know. I, I think I've been caught by that. I started to experience, you know, have that feeling of awareness of God and at times when you should most certainly feel that. Yeah. And then I started to have kids and my daughter would like come spinning in her ballerina dress into the room mm. and I'd have this similar feeling. Mm -hmm. it was, and those, the combination of feeling what I was supposed to feel in the church, I felt that. Yeah. But then also like outside of those, that paradigm feeling it as well started to really screw me up in a good way because... Mm. It, it gave me permission again to write songs outside of just that specific form and with different language that just connected with me about other things in life and not yeah. just you know whatever vertical sounding language but mm -hmm. but horizontal human sure give me permission to do what they did in the psalms all the time and just be yourself and pour your heart out yeah and feel god there as well so i don't know i think that's a great question mm. what I'm was yours curious. what was yours well, man, you grew up Pentecostal. Very Pentecostal. Still so like, Pentecostal. I heard you preach this morning. I did. Did, did I preach Pentecostal? <laughs> you did. did I sound Pentecostal you to you? fire. I heard it. <laughs> it's funny because I feel like I preach the most Pentecostal culturally when I'm saying things that would most offend people where I come from, you know, which that, I don't know what that's about. Like, I'm so, still calling that Pentecostal. I, I, no, I think it is. I think it is. It, I, I think that fire is definitely still in me. No, I mean, like, I don't know. I mean, I grew, definitely grew up like... Um, play with my action figures in church and while my dad was preaching Superman was preaching and Hawkman and Aquaman and Robin were singing a trio and no. the Green Lantern got the Holy Ghost and <laughs> the Green Lantern got some spotlight oh absolutely the Flash was running the aisles and uh, you know and like that's hilarious man Martian Manhunter fell out in the spirit and stuff so <laughs> Like, no, I mean, I, I, there were definitely those kind of, um, there was some kind of consciousness or awareness yeah. that was there pretty early. But I think also, you know, it was like, um, there was such fear bound up in that too. So I think like, so I actually trace it back to when I was about eight years old and 
riding my bike in circles at the end of the cul-de-sac, making up stories and kind of going these different places in my imagination. That is actually where I feel like I was really first becoming awake to the presence of wow. God. You know, because there was like there yeah. was a wonder that was there and um, a sense of the presence of God, but also feeling like I was tapping into something that felt very other to me, you know? Yeah, yeah. Like there was, the, that. that's in some ways, uh, you know, and I still feel like I almost, um, I have to get back to that kind of space, being outside, reconnecting with wonder, you know, that's still, I feel like that a lot of what worship is for me. So. I could so, dude, the way, when you, I know you're probably going to ask me questions, but I got another question. No, this is great. Okay. Because fair you enough. love music. I love music. Love yeah. music. Yeah. So do you sing? Oh, not at all. No. I'm surprised you don't know that. It's I awful. don't know There's that. a reason you don't know. Are you, are like you bad? How bad? It's, it's pretty bad. Man. It's really bad, honestly. Do you play anything? No. I'm just such a fan. I love music so much, but I, I, have, no, I have no life skills. I talk pretty. Okay. That's, even that's borderline. So okay. So t- and then you have, you have the community in Tulsa. Uh-huh. Well, in Oklahoma City. No, Oklahoma, sorry. Yeah. Sorry. Yeah. Yeah. I'm Close enough. Say, I was in Tulsa for three same years. Same state. Same state. Yep. Do you... What does the music sound like there? Uh, Woody Guthrie is from Tulsa, and I feel like Oklahoma is like, there's a lot of kind of roots music that comes from there. Are people, is that what the church sounds like too? Is no. that No. No. But uh, every church in America sounds the same. <laughs> McDonald's is the same in every city. <laughs> Big Macs are delicious. That's right. I don't care that's who right. you are. No, that sauce tastes great. <laughs> that's amazing. No, but yeah. Is, is it like acoustic guitar and people singing? Is that... No, I really feel like like it's like, hard to find like a. I haven't felt like like in Oklahoma, I found a sound that feels very local to me in that way. You know, okay, like it's yeah. kind of. But I do like in general that like Oklahoma has sort of a, that there's kind of a rootsy country Americana thing. You know that is okay. o, that is Oklahoma. Interesting. Yeah, yeah. It is. Uh, it is interesting. And I mean, of course, in, in coming from the Bible Belt South, I don't know. It's kind of like it's. Um, a lot of the ways that world is more connected than not, but I'm definitely still learning my way around. So I'm curious, actually, and this, I was being funny about the uh, McDonald's tastes the same in every city. <laughs> but here's something more serious we talked about yesterday, and I'm not trying to like recreate anything, but one of the things I was saying even to you personally, because I feel like this is so much of what I see is like you're calling, like you're kind of, I mean, not only the, again, feel like, because I mean, I know... I know the kind of stuff you read. I don't mean that to sound ominous. I know, I know. the kind of stuff you You've read. You've been reading Harry Potter again, haven't you? <laughs> that explains Gryffindor. it. <laughs> that explains everything. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> no, but like, um, I mean, some of the kind of influences and then the way that like you, you channel that and again, a way that accessible is so beautiful. But like, I feel like it's so interesting how I feel like with you, like there's... I feel like you're at a space in your life now where you're kind of hitting a main artery in Christian music and worship culture in particular. And these are songs that, you know, I always think about the Beatles in this way, like trying to find that universal melody. Like there's something, I mean, I'm a U2 fan. So I've never been, uh, I've never thought there's anything wrong with like stadium rock ambition. Like those big songs need to be sung. So it's like there's there's a bigness that's there, there's universality there, there's something that's catching on. And yet I also feel like, and I'm just curious how you'd speak to this if you want to speak to this. I also feel like there's there's subversive things that you're doing too that change that are changing the sea temperature. And I'm yeah. curious, especially in terms of like how you think about your own role within like Christian music, worship culture, and all that. 
what do you see that's in you where there's kind of continuity and where do you see like the discontinuity where do you oh, see well, like yourself yeah. is like called to provoke and change I, well I can I can I can think about it there's a couple ways to think about it when I think about myself what I always want to feel is I want to share music that's been a help to me so that's all it's strangely been my starting point with anytime I put out a record it's that's like the rule like if it actually hasn't helped me I'm not gonna I'm not gonna put it out just for songs like I'd rather it, it be something that's been like well I'd rather look some in the eyes and say oh you're going through a lot of change man I don't know if this is helpful but I went through a lot of change a couple of years ago and I wrote a song about it and it it just helped me it helped me walk through it in a way that it gave me permission to feel it and also permission to trust and whatever. And then I always find those things I'm most excited to share. Yeah. So that's always like the beginning of it. Um, that some of those songs were born out of real adversity in my own mind and wrestling with who I am and who is God and is everybody right and is there no... Is there no room for communion with for people who disagree? Is, it, is yeah. that like wrestling through all those things? I think that's the amazing thing that anyone who's in art or has a creative work, we all have a creative work, just but specifically like paintings and poetry and songs, yeah. give us a middle ground to feel what we feel without being defensive about it. Yes, yes. And what I started to really love is I would find things in me were so good good father uh, me and my buddy Tony Brown wrote it and we the feeling we had two really different father experiences mm. drastically different and he would tell you this too but I had an amazing present you know loving example of of a, of a earthly dad and I, so that metaphor is an easy jump for me thinking sure. about God Tony never knew his dad Wow. So you have two guys with really different experiences talking about the freedom and the healing of relating to God that way. Now, I know that is an unbelievably loaded word. We're just talking about sure. the metaphor of it right sure. now. So, and so that for me, gosh, it hits identity issues for me. And we're, again, we're talking like metaphor. So the moment you take metaphor literal, it actually loses its power. The sure. moment you actually, you let it speak into your life and you project all your stuff onto it mm -hmm. and you, you interact with it. I found for me, that's where, um, the subversiveness happened. Mm. Interesting. And when, like when, again, Bible roots showing, but when Jesus talked about growth and he used, and Mark, the parable of the farmer, he says the farmer waters, he, he plants it in the ground, he waters it, he goes to sleep, and in the night it grows and he knows not how. Yeah, yeah. And with all of the work that we do to try to make something grow, we're not the ones that make it grow. Mm -hmm. You can add the water to the idea and you can let it yeah. sit and you can have the conversation and then you let you let the, the language and the openness do its work, even when you're sleeping. I think it's an amazing thing. Like you yeah. wake up 10, 10 years, I saw a picture of my wife and I, we just had our 10 year anniversary. I'm looking oh, at pictures of cool. us on our wedding day. I'm like, they're babies. Yeah. Two babies got married. Mm -hmm. They're young children. Like I don't even look like that person mm -hmm. anymore. And I think there's in the same way, whatever happens internally in the heart and the soul that help move us along. Like, man, 
books and ideas and songs have done that for me. Yes. And yes. my, I guess the pressure I feel right now, I don't feel pressure to put out music everyone loves. I don't feel that. I do feel a healthy pressure that puts me in a place to stay open and really honest. And, and man, I can't, I mean, if, I hope it hits me. If it's helping me, yeah. And it's hitting a main artery and it's helping other people. That's like mm-hmm. amazing. Absolutely. Um, so I don't know. I just, mm-hmm. I feel the, uh, I, I feel weirdly individualistic about it. And, yeah. and like just an, that I'm on my own journey and I'm also hoping it helps people. And I hope it creates common space. Songs create a common space that people who disagree can both sing together. Yeah. And yeah. I think I think that's part of my hope. Like my dad's again, my dad's church growing up, non-denominational, really messianic Jews, mm. Lutherans, Catholics, spirit-filled, Pentecostals. You had this mosaic of people that all didn't have to be there. Well, yeah. And so I saw this bridge-like um, offering that my dad modeled for me. I was like, mm. oh my gosh, like songs can do that. Yes different people who disagree can sing the same song that provides an opportunity for some some calm, common ground and yeah. you know I don't I don't know I, I'm so young and I'm 34 I, I made five years from now I have a whole different take but I definitely still feel like I'm at the beginning of it and I'm mm-hmm. I'm hoping it does that for mm-hmm. people I hope people that um, that's what songs have done for me sure say it that way yeah sure. it's very um it's just very powerful for me to think about because I think, I mean, I come at it so much more in terms of my experience as a pastor. And I think I'm just so aware these days that how impossible it is to overcome crappy theology. If people, <laughs> if, if, if the songs aren't good, if the songs aren't right, there's almost nothing else you can do in terms of formation. Like, you know, because songs yeah. like, they go so much deeper. Music right, runs so right. much deeper. And it's part of where, again, I mean, like, I know that it's not like at all that song sums you up, but I think in terms of, like, this motif that I feel like is always there of the goodness of God, that was, I mean, when we were talking about that yesterday, that whole idea, because I, I really do see that. I see, like, these these folks, because I think the converse actually also works in reverse, is that I, I, I feel like I hear stories all the time of people who grow up in church cultures where there are other things they might hear that might not be as healthy in terms of the image of God that's projected right, right. there. Yeah. The theology might not be something I would think in terms of in the holistic ways. Like it's, it's not great for people, but it's exciting for me to think about a genera- a younger generation that grows up singing those songs. Because I think mm. when you've been singing Good, Good Father for five or six years, then it's like, <laughs> oh, wait a second. That idea of the goodness of God is sleeping grain. Oh, that, that doesn't sound right, like a right. good, good father to me those implications have to be worked out. I just right. think there's such a power in music to form and yes. to shape in a way that nothing else can. You know, I've thought about it like with, if you've ever done like renovation work on your house, which is the worst. I have not. Oh God, it's like the worst, especially when you got kids and sure. every contractor, like some actually nail the deadline. Some like, I think, I don't know if they're lying to me or lying to themselves or like, how's this working out? Um, but anytime you do like, some of the most expensive things to try to change on the house is mm. foundation work. Wow, yeah. It's so yeah. expensive. Yeah. And 
you you know if you're if the house is slanted i guess you could just crop the wall in a little bit and change it but if you want to deal with the foundation a lot of things actually correct themselves and it's the most painful work it's the most um liberating work yeah. Yeah. and it you know like when when things do feel shaky I always feel like the invitation of God is to look where you're standing yeah you know yeah. what I mean it doesn't mean it doesn't fix any circumstances but at least there's like um, it gives you the opportunity to take a look at the foundation yes yes and songs that help me do that I mean Good Good Father is one of those songs that's a sure. found, for me it was a foundation song I was really thinking about my daughter like how am I going to talk to her how can I give her the opportunity to unlearn later yeah. as less like you know what I mean like yeah. is that possible and I wanted songs for my kids too that they could sing at a really early age I love that you said that because they walked around the house singing Good Good Father when they were two and three years old oh that's amazing and wow it was I hope they get to learn at three what I learned at 30 yeah yeah and uh, who knows like gosh the implication of that fired me up it makes me it makes me want to tell every single songwriter yeah um I know it's scary to share your stuff we're all scared share it anyway sure and talk about the things that that eventually can do their work yeah and you know you write the song you water the scene and then you let it grow how does it grow how does it form why does it change the way you know culture thinks about this idea or this yeah. thought or this i don't know mm. I, I think there's i would encourage anybody to do that so my so people did for me they're yeah. like oh you can't keep that to yourself you have to share that yeah that one's yes. so yeah i always i've always felt called to that i think because i've wrestled with it so much sure and felt the hurt of um relating to God in one way and then that one way of relating failed me later on when I needed something that could hold something the complexity of life yeah and the yeah. framework failed mm-hmm. and um, melodies for some reason helped tether me in a way that was I didn't have to leave to find the answer I could just sing and feel the pain and the loss and the grief and sing about it and it was yes. enough it was enough to keep communion yes, happening yes yes that's so beautiful I think I'm gonna keep doing that I'll, it's funny cause like <laughs> I feel like what we do is very different in one way but one way it's the same and I don't I'm not always I promise looking for an opportunity to share the story but you know the massive U2 fan that I am oh, the huge. one time I got to meet Bono the one time I actually met Bono which was in Cleveland, Ohio before the Joshua Tree 2017 tour they did um we were like, got like 10 minutes before the show. And I'll never forget what he said, because when he found out that I was a pastor and all that, he said, and I won't attempt to do my, especially because I'm in Ireland, I'm really not going <laughs> to attempt my offend an entire Irish nation. Actually, like, you would really, that's yeah, right. This like, like, it's would not, not be the time. Not the right, not the right time. <laughs> Context, but, please. But of course, you know, he has such a lyrical way of speaking. But everybody said, you know, singers, you know, we're just like preachers, you know, preachers and singers, they walk into the room, and you're looking for that top line melody. That's what preachers and singers both are always doing. I was like, yeah, yeah, I want to find that top line melody. Seriously. I was like, that's so great. That's genius, you know. <laughs> I agree with that, actually. When you, you, this prompts a question, though, and I really don't know what you'd say to this. Um, when you said that, I've been thinking about, just, there was a drive-by statement about 
how a song is going to affect culture and all that. I mean, especially like because you've written a number of songs that people do sing corporately. And I'm right. wondering what the headspace is. Like, do you, as a songwriter, yeah, but who also kind of occupies this sort of like worship space, does it still always have to start for you from a, you know, a, a personal experience in a particular time in a particular place? Or do you as a worship leader sometimes kind of start with a, trying to find some kind of communal thing to latch onto? Like, well, you know what I mean? Where does it, right, is, right. It, is, huh. is it more an individual expression or do you, or do you start with the end in mind in terms of trying to find something that's going that's going to unite a congregation that's going to express some broader corporate like what is what does that look like for you you know i've i think what i've experienced from other people is the the times the types of things that brought everyone together more quickly than a common song was was honesty and vulnerability yeah I don't know why it works that way, but someone being, um, I don't know, we, we, when someone says like, hey, I'm here this morning, but honestly, I'm just thinking about my father-in-law and he's sick right now, so I'm gonna sing these songs and I'm gonna believe about half the words I say, but I'm gonna sing them anyway and I just wanna be honest and I just wanna create space for the honesty to happen that can, help us connect with God with the reality of our lives. Like you can just say that yeah. and I'm like, I trust that guy. And yeah. all of a sudden communities form because, yes. because the, you know, you feel permission to put the mask down and all that stuff. I think specifically with me and I don't know why, I've always been at the mercy of the moment with the song. And if I'm, if I am walking through change like I wrote a song on my record called Into Faith I Go it was it was basically a song about making the record and all the things in my life that were the pace of the change was too much to deal with and the first line of the song is I've never been good at change wow there's wow. nothing poetic about it yeah, it yeah. was it felt to me just like I need a song right now I need a song about I need a song to help give me a bearing to what I feel and how I can trust in the specific time that I'm in so that's, dude, I honestly, like, build my life, even though the language is, is a little less personal, you know what I mean? It still came out of a time just as personal. Yes. And yes. I don't know, like, there, sometimes being really, you know, being really transparent, I look at the songs that I'll write in a given year, and I'm like, I don't know how these things live together. Yeah. <laughs> like, how yeah. did this, like, sure. really simple almost Sunday school sounding mm -hmm. simple song mm -hmm. live beside something that ha another song that so feels almost too raw for the moment for me to even yeah. figure out what to do with it. Like, sure. I don't know why those two things come out of the same place. I don't mm -hmm. know if that's the influences I've had over the years. I don't know if that's still language for me that is life giving and gives me a sense of, um, Rootedness. I don't. I don't know. I don't know what that is, but but I I do think yes. Like it always for me has to be experiential mm. for the songs. But I think the communal element of it is um, 
is honesty and vulnerability. Yeah. And sometimes it's a melody that does that, but honestly, sometimes it's literally like you do when you stand up and you're like, hey, we're here. Mm-hmm. We might as well actually be in the moment we're in. Yeah. You know what yeah. I mean? Like giving permission. Mm-hmm. So gosh, if there's songs that do that, of course yes. I'll use that song. If it's yes. just like an honest thought, I'll do that too. But I think it was Henri Nouwen who said that that which is personal is what's most universal, which is such an interesting idea. Gosh. Like you have yeah. like the more almost the more particular it is, you start with that raw thought or what, what might feel like a clumsy lyric. I don't like change or whatever. But like the very fact that it that it's so human and real, right? disarms in a way that there's just a there's something life-giving about that there's a there's something right. that gives people permission to be inside their own skin I think there's like if it actually if it actually connects with you most likely it's going to connect with somebody yeah. else yeah. and then even if it doesn't connect with somebody else yeah. it's actually okay sure maybe that's the only work it was supposed to have and mm-hmm. like, that's as dignifying as mm-hmm. a song that's played everywhere mm-hmm. it's a song that's just played one place mm-hmm. that's as dignifying mm-hmm. and as creatively transformative for people yeah and so that's why you know as many songs as maybe as I don't know if people have heard my music, but there's so many songs that people only heard once. Yeah. It's just like, man, I think this is a song for now. There's a spontaneous moment that needed to be sung. Yeah. And that is just as important and yes. just as powerful. And and I so that's just an encouragement to anyone doing music with their art. It's like you some of the things I've been most touched by are some of the things that only happened once. Wow. And I just happened to be there yeah. and experience it from somebody else. Mm. And I was marked by it, mm. really impacted by mm. it. That's so interesting. That kind of ephemeral, it just exists for the moment. And like, yeah, like that's not waste. No, not it's at all. Like, sometimes it has a life outside of that, but either way, it still plays in the experiential thing. The whole thing is for us to experience yeah. a. Re- Equality and reality of life that is rich and filled with, you use the word wonder, like filled with wonder again. Yeah. Like yeah. anything that helps you get to that point, mm-hmm. experience that, not just think about it, read about it, sing about it, mm-hmm. but it invites you into a real experience. Mm-hmm. It's always, I don't know, like experience begets experience, begets experience. Yes. You know what I mean? Like that, I hope that. I see that happening more and more in my life now because maybe I'm more open to it. Yeah, in ways that I wasn't before. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, I definitely feel like you're a mystic in that way, and that you know, and hence why the songs open up those kinds of experiences for other people. And I think people are hungry for those kinds of first-person encounters with God and with right. creation and with each other. You know, that's kind of what. Because um, I do feel like it's such a heavy time, and um, there's so much happening in the world. What? And I think especially then, like, I feel like creative people tend to be more intuitive people and are vibey and feel a lot of things. What, so in the midst of all the things that are happening right now, what, what gives you hope? It gives me hope. Yeah. Oh, my kids give me hope. Mm. Um, I kind of look at them and probably the same way my dad looked at me. And you, it's like... Uh, civilization gets it's not a redo every 40 or 50 years but you you get the opportunity 
like in the world to grow and change and maybe that's why we don't live forever yeah. it's so that there's opportunity for everything to change yeah. and um, I don't know I I look forward to the day where my role like um, did the priests serve till they were 50 was that what it um, the Levitical priesthood I, I came across the, it was, I, I, I think I it was, say, was it 50 or 55 it was def, there was definitely a limit there was definitely a set age right which so there's yeah. For me, I'm, you know, I'm kind of, I'm weirdly looking forward to the time where, like, the priests would perform it, but then when they'd hit that, whatever, 50 or 55, whatever it is, and they would help the younger people do yeah. it. And, and I don't know, I think there's, there's a, a passing, I want to pass my kids something that, that can hold. Yeah. And, of course, that is probably nearly impossible. Sure. But I want to hand them something good. And... And I see, uh, I don't know, I, as much, you know, as much disagreement as there is in the world about certain things, I still experience deep joy and deep friendship and deep hope. And I, yeah, I find it in music, I find it around, I, I think friendship would be the, the one yeah. too. Like, especially friendships that aren't based on simply agreement or disagreement yes. you know what i mean like I really like do. there's th those things hold mm -hmm. complexity mm -hmm. yeah, yeah love can hold that yeah um yeah so that's that's seeing them grow was a joy and mm -hmm. reminds me that i still get to grow that's beautiful and i do that gives me hope i'm not yeah. done yet you know what yeah, i mean like right. i got oh this is i've been thinking about this so much man mm -hmm. like growing up and a lot of times i ask god for to give me things that he wants to grow in me. So I ask for joy or peace or patience or whatever. But those are fruits of the spirit. Those yeah. grow. Yeah. Those aren't just given. Like sure. you gotta like nurture joy. Yes. Yes. Like um and so I don't know, I I'm saying all that stuff because looking at myself and that there's room to grow and improve and be more patient and kind and be filled with more goodness and that's that's hopeful because it's not just like oh there's things about I don't that I don't like about myself that right. I feel half done or undone or whatever that I'm always going to live with and maybe I will live with those things but sure I trust that God's doing something beautiful and um and I want my kids to see a dad who grows as well mm, I yeah. want them to see it yeah I love that I love that that though but there's there's a vision there for a life that continues to evolve and grow that's yeah. not static right um you know because which i think is so opposite of how a lot of people think about a life of faith in particular but it seems to me especially if we are people of the spirit the idea is that there's constant growth and change and evolution because i mean what is it to be a people of the spirit if not to follow the god of the exodus who's always on the move so right. we, we're always on the move because god is you know so of course we're learning of course we're growing and expanding and i think the idea of like living that out in in front of your kids the way you talk about it. so that becomes the, that's what faithfulness looks like it's not right. the static right i'm holding this ground but this yeah. willingness to always take risk and to always be willing to expand and to kind of go wherever wherever the voice leads you i love that I do too. I love that. That's awesome. Well, Pat, thanks so much for hanging out, man. It's oh, such bro. an honor to have you on the see show. See you in Ireland next week. Let's see. I know for sure. I would. I, I really do hope we get to do this again. I mean, yeah, it'd be awesome. This is so perfect. It'd be in Northern Ireland, and like it just did. 
and it's rainy and cool it's today. Go, I've and been freezing the so whole time. I'll be, uh, me My too. So opposite wet. of how it is in the states right now, in the middle of the summer. Oh <laughs> so yeah. I get in, in Atlanta and Oklahoma, like this so is so hot, unbelievable. So so good to have you, man. Thanks, man. Thank you again.